you come together to worship today. I'm not sure what all you have in focus as you think of the church, what your vision for the church is. Sometimes we hear that question raised, and it was mentioned this past week a time or two, once in particular, and I wanted to just share those verses with you that were referred to. But I think Paul's, the heart of the Apostle Paul, uh, a preface here before the message. In Colossians 1, I trust that you anticipate your brothers and sisters, your fellow servants, to have a, a heart of care, of a burden for our lives in God's hands. And Paul says it this way, and beginning in verse 26, Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present <clears throat> every man perfect in Christ Jesus. When you relate to me, when you relate to those around you, when we relate to each other, when we relate to those on the highways and the byways, is that our goal? Is that our burden? That they might be found perfect in Christ Jesus. That they might be presented before God under the cleansing flow of the blood of Christ. This morning like to draw for the message from Paul's writing to the Ephesians. We'll be looking primarily at the first part of chapter 5. But um, as we think of the message today, I think of the days in which we live, and today is considered by some to be a special day. Um, for many of us, it's a day that we would not especially like to focus on because it, as a holiday, as a day observed for what it is, it has many connotations of that which Paul spoke of here in um, Ephesians 5, he says in verse 8, verse eight, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. So this morning the title for the message is Walk as Children of Light. Let us walk as children of light. I guess probably in all of our lifetimes we can remember some element of the implementation of Halloween. I'm not sure who's the oldest here, but Wade and Carol, do y'all remember it as long as you can recall? But it seems like in, a, in our society of this land in which we are pilgrims and sojourners, it has taken on more and more of um, perhaps in some ways a sinister evil perspective 
And what is not blatantly that way, it, it creates a cloud of dust to envelop us in, in more and more hedonistic things. If y'all were here this week, you heard that word hedonism used. How many of you know what it means? It means to be those that are seekers of pleasure. Those that focus and are drawn to those things that bring pleasure. And life is not to be void of pleasure, but as Paul here calls us, we want to look this morning at three different things that cause us to fulfill the will of God. And he talks about these three areas in the first 21 verses. I want to look at that we are called as to walk as children of light in the way of love. I think we are growing in that understanding as a body, but to encourage us that as followers of God, here he says in the first verse, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. I've often looked at these verses here, and then we have a couple of positive verses, and then we have a long list of negative verses. But the focus in these first seven verses is what? Love. And if you stop and, and consider what is put in verses 3, 4, and 5, we see things that are unlovely. We think, see things that are absent of love. The love of God cannot be in them. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it be not be once named among you as become the saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is, an, who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. As we are called to walk as children of light, we should go forth with that love that, that permeates deep within us to God and for the things of God as we seek to follow Christ as our example, as we're admonished to here in verses 1 and 2. Um, and we see here, of course, the Lord Jesus fulfilling the will of the Father and making possible our salvation. But it involved surrendering, ourselves, surrendering himself uh, and he has called us to a life of surrender and sacrifice as well on his behalf for the kingdom. Won't take the time to, to go there, but in, in um, John 13, 1 John 3, and so forth, there's a number of scriptures there that teach us how to give us examples of walking in love. We can think back to the great commandment and the second, which is likened to it. How is that manifested? 
in, in our lives. <clears throat> There's a, an older, uh, very familiar hymn here in the hymns of the church. I guess it's probably in our other books as well. But if you care to, it's, uh, you can peruse through it. I'll make several references to it. Um, number 792, Walk in the Light. Walk in the Light. It talks about that correlation between not being in darkness and, and the ability that we feel, we sense, we are illuminated as God reveals himself to us. And the writer in, was inspired to put that phrase in the first verse, walk in the light, so shalt thou know that fellowship of love. The ability to love as Christ loved to, to seek to imitate, to allow the, the love of God to dwell within us comes through that, that connection, that fellowship of love. His spirit only can bestow who reigns in light above. Here in the recent past, as life often does, it teaches us interesting lessons and tidbits and... and um, was relating in a setting involving a few other people and there was some disagreement of of what was expected on the part of the parties involved and the one party felt very much taken advantage of and and this man made the comment to me he said he he doesn't feel like he should talk to him now he doesn't feel like he'll be very christ-like Now, we can draw a few things from that illustration. One is that he had at least the good thing that he desired to be Christ-like. That's a plus, is it not? As I thought on that dilemma that was there involved, I asked myself the question. <clears throat> we probably, many of us have been in those moments when we thought better to proceed at the moment. And it probably helps us to understand that there is a deficiency of the image of Christ burned in my heart. But also in that moment, as I ask myself that question, I ask myself, if the spirit of Christ is not in control of me, what spirit is it? What spirit is it then? That's a sobering question for us. When we think of the need to walk in love, may God minister to us. May we <clears throat> come to him, cry out to him that he can of his abundant mercy and grace fill us with that love that is pure. The result of a deep commitment free of self, immoral motives, greed. And many of those things are pointed out here in these first five verses, three through five in particular. We would think, well, many of those, we understand the severity of them. But it says, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. 
<clears throat> do we have the love of Christ to the extent that we want nothing more in our life than what God wants us to have? My brother this past week raised some very deep questions regarding how we relate to the cultural pressures around us in, in different areas. Sobering questions, but we are called to walk in the light, to walk as children of light, and as such we are to be walking in love. Having said that, I, I, I commend you because I think I think in so many ways we have grown in our love. But I think as well, we would likely all say, God is, there's room for growth. There's room for a fuller. Imaging of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ in many of our lives, is it not? Looking here now in verse chapter 5, but in verses 8 and following, moving into another area of beyond the focus of love, but the way of love, but the way of light. He says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Do we still remember vividly enough the grip of the flesh in one's life to cry out in and the voice of of rejoicing for the mercy of God. <clears throat> for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. The day and age and world in which we find ourselves, we need more and more. We need to fill, be truly filled with the Spirit that it may speak to us through the fullness of the Scripture, the abundant riches in Christ Jesus. We'll talk about that just a little bit maybe later on, but how do we get there? How are we viewed in our travel? I was blessed this week. An illustration was used in one of the, by one of the speakers here, and um, it was more in the, in the theme or focus of uh, administering church life and the work of the ministry. But he used the illustration of, of the highway. And he asked the question, is it a guardrail or a guide rail? 
He made reference to the rumble strip, and you know many of us, as we travel, there are times when I've been so grateful for a rumble strip. But if we're behind someone, and they take a nice big helping of the rumble strip for however many seconds or whatever, you know, sometimes usually if they veer over and touch it a little bit, it catches their attention. But if someone repeatedly spends time in the rumble strip, what happens in your mind? What happens in my mind? We get concerned, don't we? We begin to think, are they going to stay on the road? Are they going to impact those that are with them or those that are around them? Welcome. Um, in any number of ways, and we become, you know, sometimes our tendency is, well, we'll either stay behind them or we'll hurry by lest we become a part of the calamity. We all been there? Y'all been there? I've been there. <laughs> been a time or two where I felt justified to speed a little beyond the speed limit quickly to get by someone like that for safety's sake. <clears throat> the question arises, spiritually speaking, are we content to be somewhat sleepy and what does it manifest to others what are they seeing if they see us drifting into the rumble strip you know our thinking is are they sleepy are they under drugs are they drunk spiritually speaking we we can think well there's something not right we can think well is it intentional it may not be on the highway or spiritually, it may not be perceived as a primary intention, but it may be a result of some other impact into that situation, into that person's life. But let us not forget that as we are called to walk in the light, that God wants us to be committed to walk first and foremost in the way of love, and according to the light that he sheds upon our path. <clears throat> In the previous uh, chapters of this writing here, Paul's writing to the Ephesians, there's a number of other references to uh, the need, the purpose, the function of light as well. But the... The revelation that is of value to you and I this morning is not something we can conjure up of ourselves. It comes through the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit within us. To walk as light. To walk as children of light. Children of those who have come to the Father to have to have not, you know, we use the term that's been given through the years to be born again, but more than that, to be born from above, born again, but to be born from above, that that influence, that inflow is an ongoing daily 
that it is something that is to guide us and to be the overwhelming force within us. That when I rise in the morning, what is my purpose? What is my focus? Um, what else is in focus? Um, there are many things that we can, we can remind ourselves. Sometimes we lose focus of what should be in focus. And God help us that, um, you know, when things don't go the way we planned, do we still understand that God has a way of ministering to us and speaking to us and, and guiding us and that we can see in those things something that's beyond our ability to comprehend and bless him and rejoice that he cares for us in all of life as we walk as children of light. <clears throat> here we have in the verses 8 through 14. Uh, the latter part here, he talks about the warning of having no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Reprove them in the spirit of Christ, in, in the spirit of humility, of humbleness of heart, knowing that we are broken people, that apart from the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the direction and leading of his spirit, there is no light in our life. He says here, these are things, many of which it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Dear ones, we live in a day and age, and I don't need to tell you very quick, if you pay attention at all, we live in a vile world. A vile world that many are openly and blatantly seeking to, to live and to do whatever brings them a sense of pleasure. And yet at the end of that pleasure seeking, there is deep bitterness. There's deep emptiness because it doesn't work that way, does it? We see the, the impact. He says here in verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Do I need awakening? How is it that we find ourselves asleep? I think he's talking in, a, in a, a deeper sense in a sense, but there are times in which we find ourselves, what is it that causes us to touch that rumble strip? If life is dull and boring because we're seeking fulfillment and the small things, the seemingly insignificant things that in and of themselves many times are not wrong. But dear ones, they will rob us of our ability and our responsibility to, to take on the fullness of Jesus Christ and to live and serve in his power and direction. That illustration of that, that big word that we hardly ever hear is so pertinent, I believe, for us today that was referred to in this past week a number of times. 
How, are, how is my life, how is your life affected by the seeking of pleasure, hedonism? Activities, many of which are hedonistic, just some outright vile, others just a matter of seeking of pleasure. What percentage of our world is not affected by those things? And unless you and I come to the cross and, and say, Lord, help me, consecrate fully my time, my interests, my affections, how much will be lost? How many things do you do? Do you have in your experience of your life or my life that should the Lord Jesus walk with us, we would be ashamed? I believe that's a good test for us to we should not go anywhere we wouldn't want to go with the Lord we should not be involved in those things that the Lord could not be involved with us in because we are to walk as children of light and sometimes you know we as adults can have struggles a little bit like our children when we teach them about the evils of Halloween or other things that are that are unprofitable they struggle sometimes to understand. I trust that we are so seeking the face of God that our understanding is growing and deepening and our, our desire to honor and serve and, and love him and to walk in light is manifesting itself in our lives. I use the illustration of the highway travel. The guardrail, the, the rumble strip. And as I listened this past week, I was, I was impressed with the fact that I think many of the subtle, pleasure-seeking things have a tremendous impact on our lives and our families. And unless we as parents are alert and broken before the Lord, there will be a lot of rumble strip noise. There will be a lot of times because in our society, the seeking of pleasure, the hedonistic activities are that equivalent to an opioid. We hear a lot about drug abuse in this society and it's all around us as well. But spiritually speaking, there are things that impact our lives spiritually just as a drug does the function of the body in the world around us. And I believe that there are many walking under the effect of that opioid of hedonism. It is a nerve-deadening experience. It is a spirit-quenching experience. And if continued and pursued, it will bring a loss of spiritual consciousness. And those drugs, many times, when they are pushed further and further for the, for the benefit, for the, the hit they give, it comes to the point that it causes organ failure and death, physical death. And likewise, I believe we can use that illustration to understand that there comes a point how much 
of that nerve-deadening, spirit-quenching loss of spiritual consciousness can we experience and retain life. Many times when those folks end up at the emergency room, they're almost like a lifeless being, and they have to give them, what is it, Narcan? Is Janice here this morning? Is it Narcan? Okay. Something to, to counteract the effect of that opioid, that fentanyl, whatever the drugs involved, to bring back life. The light of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that which can bring back spiritual consciousness an awareness a commitment as we're traveling the highway of life what evidence is there in your life and mine that people see we're alert drivers What undeniable evidence is there that we manifest the evidence of that life? <clears throat> it comes more than just through a form of life, the form of a few applications. It comes through the Spirit of God ministering and directing us, washing us, purifying us, giving us direction that we go in the way everlasting. It gives us direction in the prioritizing of time. It gives us direction in word and worship versus the things of the news of personal interest of the pursuit. I was talking to a man some time ago and he was struggling because of the influences of these things coming into their setting where even in even within the ministering body, there was a focus, uh, a willingness to allow themselves to, to enjoy the pleasures of, of going to the organized ball games, the, the element of online enticements, of entertainment, of gaming, those things that can become an addiction and I ask you this morning, are we addicted to the Lord Jesus Christ? Is it apparent? Paul is calling as children of God to be filled with the Spirit, to walk in that manner worthy. And so as we seek to serve God acceptably this morning, I want to remind us that we do need to answer that question of where my hunger and longing resides. Is it for the opioids of the world, figuratively speaking? You know, we can say, well, I don't play video games. I don't go to, to college sports games, but a lot can be there underneath, underneath. A fascination. And many times those things that consume one's life, it's without a doubt that it creates a 
inability to fill it with other things. That's true in so many ways. Our life, our cultures, whatever. Um, you know, where we spend our time. And this is a, this is a, I remember being away for a number of years and coming back and people would talk about this and that and the other. And, and well, that was something I couldn't relate to because I wasn't there. And neither could they relate to where I was. Spiritually speaking, there is that great gulf fixed between those that are nurtured from the vine, the true vine, and those that are hooked on their world, the IV, intravenous drip of the culture around us. As we are called to walk as children of light this morning, dear ones, let us treasure the privilege we have. The evidences of wisdom, the walking, the way of the wise, he does not leave untouched here in these latter verses. Our time is about up, but I, I'll just draw your attention to it here in verse 18, and this was referred to earlier. But it says, and be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Could I paraphrase that and say, let us not be overcome with the influence of the hedonistic society in which we live. The nerve deadening, spirit quenching pressures around us. May we seek to clearly embrace the culture from on high. And you know, Brother Dwayne made a comment here the other evening that I think some of you would probably find very, it's almost shocking to hear it, but I understand what he's saying. Some of the seemingly legitimate influences around us, he said this in the form of, of uh, evangelical influence and so forth. He said he has more fear of the dangerous impact upon the church from those things than he does the open, blatant, vile filth of the internet. Because one is, the one is clearly a willful pursuit. And the other is a subtle, deceitful, deadening. It's a slow increase of a form of a nerve deadening, depending on where we get our nutrition. Let us go to the word. Let us focus to walk in love, to walk as children of light, realizing that as we seek God for wisdom, his blessing to us will be a blessing that will bring honor and glory to him. And that he will give us that burden that we walk before him, kept in him, seeking to present those around us, before us, behind us, beyond us, perfect in Christ Jesus.